0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to this special edition of Employment Matters, brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest network of labor and employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. I'm your host, Pete Waltz. In this ongoing series on Employment Matters, we continue to focus on specific issues affecting businesses and organizations due to the pandemic. And as always, we're fortunate to have the chance to dial in our local ELA lawyers that practice on the ground in these jurisdictions, working daily with their clients to help them move through these very challenging times. As the virus continues to run its course across the globe, many countries are planning on going back to the workplace, while others are still in lockdown with a long way to go. Recently, our member firms in Latin America published an excellent resource called COVID-19 FAQ for All Latin America. To get a copy of this, you can find it on the ELA website at ela.law. Just go to the News and Insight tab, then choose Publications. There you'll find the document. Feel free to download a copy. Also, in that same location, you'll find other valuable resources published by our members around the world. In today's program, we have the opportunity to bring in one of the lawyers who helped author that white paper, Juan Carlos de la Vega, managing partner of Santa Marina Esteta in Mexico. And Juan Carlos is going to bring us up to speed on the situation in Mexico. Juan Carlos is joining us today from his home in Monterrey. Hola amigo, como esta?
1: Muy bien, Pete.
0: Thanks for joining us, Juan Carlos. So, Gosh, we hear a lot on the news of some of the things going on in other parts of the world here in the U.S. Of course, we're still struggling not only with the pandemic, but with other social issues that are arising that just cause stress and strife everywhere we look. But let's talk about what's happening in your country. How is the COVID-19 pandemic currently affecting employers and employees in Mexico?
1: Well, it's been a a total change uh, in the way we used to do things, definitely because of the Orders received from the health authorities since two and a half months ago, both employers and employees have been ordered to suspend activities if you are a non-essential one. So businesses were divided into essential and non-essential, and and those that were non-essential were asked to shut down. That triggered a number of legal inquiries from an employment perspective because the, the Mexican law did provide for particular regulation in case of pandemics, which actually were pretty precise and, and well done. Uh, however, the federal government wanted to twist the way things should have been handled, and there were, as a consequence, a lot of doubts and questions. Basically, our legislation do provides for certain payment that is required to be paid to employees when you are shut down as a consequence of a pandemic, which basically is one month of minimum wage. But the federal government didn't want to recognize from a legal perspective that there is a pandemic out there and decided to change the name of the problem. So that created a number of confusions. But basically, we were able to agree with unions and employees individually on whatever had to be paid to them. And as far as I can tell you from my clients and the businesses that I have reached to, there has been really no legal issue deriving from there, at least at this point. We'll see once courts reopen, if things will remain that way, but it's been a huge problem.
0: So with the possibility of reopening, and again, we'll see what happens in the future here, but what type of actions are employers taking in your jurisdiction to prepare for reopening?
1: Right. There's been a number of those. In, in that respect, uh, I must confess that the government, the federal government and the local governments have been issuing a number of protocols. So it, it's pretty strict and pretty strict regulation in that respect. Right now, we have a stoplight type of system that goes by region. So depending on whether you are in red, orange, yellow or green, it is the type of activities that you can or cannot perform. And of course, for you know, the sanitary regulations now provide for physical reorganization of factories, for example, where they need to respect the social distance of 1.5 meter between employees. Of course, you have to wear masks, you have to work a number of sanitizer products and a bunch of other things. So we, in that respect, I think we're okay. It seems that we are doing the right thing. There's been a number of inspections carried out by the government to facilities to verify that's being complied with. So I think that that piece, it is okay. There's been, though, lots of confusion anyhow, because there has not been that good coordination between federal authorities and state authorities, and they have kind of mixed up some of the instructions in that respect. But in general, I think we're doing okay.
0: So if we were to characterize the role of the Mexican government during the pandemic, both state and federal, how would you characterize their role as things are unfolding?
1: Well, I think there's been a number of wrong things doing, and I must say some good things done. The wrong thing was first to characterize legally the pandemic as if it were something different, where we actually had specific regulation on the subject. And I thought, I think that was a huge mistake that just created confusion. But then the other mistake probably has been that, of course, we feel that the numbers and the information has not been real. And that's perhaps throughout the world. Authorities do not want to recognize what is really occurring in hospitals, funeral services, they're all packed, and and no one is keeping track of that. So we're being misinformed. But I think that's now once we're going back to the office and to the regular works, uh, I think there's been some good things done. As there's really been clear regulations on, on sanitary issues, issues they are being enforced. So in that respect, I think that's probably the good part.
0: So it seems like in Mexico, as in the U.S. and other parts of the world, time will tell as we open up our doors to the traditional workplace. You know, we're finding here that. Opening that door and getting people to come back to work, especially after months and months of working from home, months and months of working in Zoom meetings or recorded sessions, and months and months of balancing family and life and children and work, that many people have really struggled with it. But on the flip side, many people have started to adjust to this new normal that really will impact what I think that office is going to be like. And I'm just curious, in your sense, you know, you're running a major law firm in Mexico, and you're the managing partner, as your office comes back to work, do you anticipate that there'll be a new normal in terms of how people do work?
1: Oh, absolutely. In our offices, we have, uh, of course, followed the regulations on the subject in each of the cities in which we have offices, and where we're even being a lot more conservative. We're not going back to the office on day first, in which we're allowed to, we are rather going to wait a little bit more for the health of our people. But of course, once we have permission to go back, uh, we will go back on not full capacity. We will definitely, percentage of people will be there, perhaps at 30%, not more than that. So we're going to handle it in our own pace. I think it has to be, we have to be very much concerned about our people. And yeah, I think the we were just about to, sign a contract because we're, we're moving our offices in Mexico City and, and based on how things were going to were happening, we decided to step back. And, and thanks God we did that, not only from a financial perspective, but also because in the new laid out of our new offices, you bet we're going to consider this experience as we're going to be not office center business. And that it's going to have a positive impact in our profits. So from, a, from an office center business, we might be moving out to a decentralized type of practice of law. So definitely, it's going to impact the layout of our offices. Yes.
0: Well, listen, we always appreciate your insight. You've been a longtime member of the ELA. You've certainly served in leadership roles, and now I know you're leading your firm. So we're so happy to have you on the program. I hope you and your family are safe and well. Everything is going okay down there as far as you're concerned?
1: It is so far. We're complying with the rules, so we haven't been out much. There's some pressure, though, that some businesses are requiring our physical presence, especially when you deal with top authorities. But we will be following the rules, and we'll be okay, I think.
0: Well, it's always great to hear from you, Juan Carlos. I hope you can stay safe and well, and let's check in from time to time so you can keep us posted on what's happening in your country.
1: Absolutely, Pete. We're good to talk to you and to talk to the people at the ELA. Thank you.
0: For our listeners who'd like to connect with Juan Carlos de la Vega from Santa Marina Esteta in Mexico or any of our lawyers from around the world, please search for them on the ELA website at ela.law. Just go to the big Find a Lawyer widget in the center of the page. Click on the drop-down box. There you can meet any of our lawyers by email, reach out to them by phone. You can also sign up on our website to receive upcoming invitations to webinars, download white papers, get access to on-demand content from our online library, or access the ELA's exclusive Global Employer Handbook. You've been listening to Employment Matters, a podcast brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest network of labor and employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. I'm Pete Waltz. Thanks for listening.